There was a big plastic number 9 over one platform, and a big plastic number 10 over the one next to it. And in the middle, nothing at all. What on earth was he going to do? According to the large clock on the arrivals board, he had 10 minutes left to get on the train to Hogwarts, and he had no idea how to do it. He was stranded in the middle of a station with a trunk he could hardly lift, a pocket full of wizard money, and a large owl. He pushed his trolley round and stared at the barrier. It looked very solid. He started to walk towards it. People jostled him on their way to platforms 9 and 10. Harry walked more quickly. He was going to smash right into that ticket box and then he'd be in trouble. Leaning forward on his trolley, he broke into a heavy run. The barrier was coming nearer and nearer. He wouldn't be able to stop. The trolley was out of control. He was a foot away. He closed his eyes ready for the crash. It didn't come. He kept on running. He opened his eyes. A scarlet steam engine was waiting next to a platform packed with people. A sign overhead said, Hogwarts Express, 11 o'clock. Harry looked behind him and saw a wrought iron archway where the ticket box had been, with the words, Platform 9 and 3 quarters on it. He had done it. Hello everyone and welcome to Wanderlust Episode 7, Magical Number 7. This is a place where four Harry Potter tour guides in isolation discuss Potter location, location, locations. Today, <laughs> hooray! Hooray! Uncle Vernon has dropped us off at King's Cross, so run at that wall because shortly the Hogwarts Express will be departing. Our station managers today are Slytherin producer Steph Black, who keeps us on track, and Gryffindor audio editor Mr. Ollivander, who thinks our waffle is slander. There is an array of cafes and restaurants in the station, which today will be serving cold hard facts and fresh hot topics. Today's specials are knowledge on filming, platform nine and three quarter theories, and even a bit on Boudicca. Feel free to be like Harry and take the lot. My name is Greta Granger, I'm a Hufflepuff, and today I'm talking about the history of platform nine and three quarters. Also joining me are... Hello, I am Nick Longbottom, and I'll be introducing us to a wonderful new game. Oh, hello. Um, I'm Will Hagrid. Uh, so named because, though you can't see me, you must know that I look a lot like Fluffy, the dog. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Three heads. <laughs> Three heads. Uh, I shall be talking about ghosts. And I'm Alex Scamander. And you know how they filmed these Harry Potter films, right? Well, I'm going to be talking a bit about that. So... This is rather exciting because this is kind of... I mean, obviously the zoo was debatable, but this is the first time in, in the Harry Potter series where they go to a real existing place. And, of course, in the films, they filmed it at the real existing place, which, of course, is King's Cross Station. But they, we see the station in the first Harry Potter film, the second, the fifth, and, um, of course, the very last one, the eighth movie, which is always quite weird to say, because I always think of it as still the seventh. Uh, the exterior was uh, St. Pancras, which is a station right next to it. And I always had the theory that, because it's a far more beautiful-looking station compared to King's Cross, and I did some research, and that's exactly why they chose to film <laughs> that exterior. Yeah, it's all skin deep with them, isn't it? Yeah, it's just better looking, really. I've got to say, King's Cross more recently, in the more recent years, it's looking far more beautiful, it must be said. Could we say on tape that St Pancras <laughs> is not called St Pancreas? Oh. As yes. everyone <laughs> seems to think. It is odd, isn't it? There are no saints named after internal organs. I can't think of that. St Pancreas, isn't it? <laughs> Like it's, it's a misleading spelling. Yeah. It's like, it uh, is almost like a trick, isn't it? Like, how yeah. well do you know London? If you say pancreas, then you're in. If you say yeah. pancreas, then... You can't go to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
But I mean, even though of course they filmed inside the actual King's Cross, they didn't film where you would expect. Because if you go into King's Cross and you head over to platforms 9 and 10, you will discover that there is nothing between them. There are just two tracks. There's no barrier, there's no platform, there's nothing. What, hey, uh, what, say what? Yes, <laughs> indeed, I know. I thank you it. for that reaction. I hope some people listening also <laughs> had that exact reaction. Um, so they just chose to film at platforms four and five. That's what we see in the films. Um, and that's because you get these uh, amazing uh, sort of uh, brick pillars. Sorry mm. to bring up bricks there, Nick, and I get quite, quite excited. Well, you, just, you just wait. <laughs> well, mate, I can't wait. But yeah, so they they built these pillars, so that that kind of in a way works a barrier, I, I assume, um, which I found kind of odd because, of course, in the book it's described as a barrier that they, you have to go through, and of course, these little columns are not barriers. Not for not what I understand a barrier to be. A, I would sort of understand a barrier to be like a ticket barrier. You know, yeah, I get through. Yeah, it, I don't know. Well, the brick walls fits into the kind of Dickensian feel of the wizarding world. So yeah. I guess that makes... Because is it metal? Am I right thinking at one point it's described as being a metal barrier? Or I believe I so. And I think it even mentions metal, ticket box, which mm. uh, me and Steph were talking about the other day because we were both a bit like, oh, what is this supposed to be? And Steph interpreted it as like a ticket office, you know, where you would buy a ticket and and had the, a brilliant image of, you know, these wizards running at a person in this little <laughs> ticket office, <laughs> which I love the idea of. But that's not how I interpreted it. I thought I, oh, I took it. lovely. But I thought a ticket box would have been the little thing you put a ticket in, you know, a little electronic thing. But maybe they didn't exist back then. Well, they did, they did. But it did would they? have okay. been that. That's so unromantic. True, <laughs> true. So, so are we saying yeah. it's a person? Yeah, <laughs> I believe it's a person one of those tiny enclosed... I mean, also, 9 and 10, that little area, at least what it used to look like, doesn't look that nice. Mm. I loved old, nasty-looking King's Cross. <laughs> <laughs> I've got such happy memories of it. It was the gateway to both my universities. Ah, oh. okay. Just a word on the pillars. You mentioned the pillars there, Alex. Mm, Did anyone yeah. else notice when you first took people down there and you were like, oh, here's where they filmed Platform 9 and 3 quarters, that the pillars were narrower than they looked in the film? Um, oh. Did no one have this... Re just me. No, no. I'm... Remember thinking this, and I actually know why. Why they look narrower in real life than they do in the film. Oh. They actually put a cover over the pillars that looked exactly like them, but they were just wider. <laughs> That's why? ludicrous. That so strange. Why would you do such a thing? Because has no one ever seen it where people take sometimes get a trolley and take a picture next to it? The barrier yeah, yeah. is just wider than the trolley, whereas in the film there's mm. way more gap. That's because yeah. they wanted a wider area for them to run oh, through wow. and also you acted as like a buffer so when all these kids were shoving their trolleys against this beautiful victorian brickwork as you know mm. nick that mm. they didn't want it to hit so they put this cover in front so that was almost like a buffer for the trolleys oh, oh. Wow. That, that, that makes a lot of sense that does well, I'm, I'm going to rewatch. I'm going to rewatch Chamber of Secrets when Ron and Harry crash into it and see whether like the wall is spongy or something. Like, whether you see the trolley <laughs> go like into the wall. There's a moment if you watch the film where he. It's in the second one where he. It's blocked, and uh, obviously he smashes into it. And if you watch closely, Hedwig is dead. Like the page <laughs> flies directly <laughs> into the wall, and it, the head of Hedwig, which is obviously a toy, like smashes into this wall. And I was like, no way he survived that. Well, I just want to quickly mention actually, um, in terms of for the first movie, there of course is a tiny extra bit that they film now. It's interesting to me because when we were prepping for this uh, podcast, Will 
brought up something that blew my mind a tiny bit because obviously there's a scene um, before Harry gets down to the platform where Harry and Hagrid are crossing the bridge and Hagrid uh, disappears yeah. and Harry says, but Hagrid, there is no platform nine three quarters, is there? <laughs> and Will, oh, wait, wait, you mentioned it was filmed elsewhere, didn't you? I think so. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, I was I was only 90% on this. Did, did you check? Was I right? I, uh, you were not right. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry oh, to say. No, well, 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 tell, well, tell us where, where, where you heard it was. I heard it was in York Station, yeah. uh, the finest of stations. And you're honestly not the only person who thinks this, because when I was doing my research, there is um, this website where it's like Harry Potter things you can do in York, which, of course, it mentions that street that we mentioned in a previous episode that looks a lot like Diagon Alley. The Shambles. Yes, the Shambles, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it also mentioned the station, saying that that's where they filmed the bridge. Now, obviously, I couldn't let this slide. You know, I had to do my research. I I got up the the movie. I was comparing the scenes, looking at details of the work, the, the bricks and stuff. And sadly, even though the bridges, they're very, very similar. And of course, there are arches that it goes under that the, the bridge itself is very different. Uh, not mm. very different, but it's quite different. And also, but I was also thinking that is very odd to have gone all the way to York to film that one little scene when there was there was already <laughs> a bridge in King's Cross to use. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I should also say for fans who might want to look now at the, bri- the bridge, the bridge has actually now changed since it, the, the makeover in the station. And it's now, I think, glass. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, Can yeah, remember? yeah. So if you want to see a bridge that's similar, go to York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in York, it's untouched, so it's it a long more similar. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but if you notice that, um, speaking of stations, uh, quite a lot of muggles on the tour say, oh, we're going to go to the bit where um, Dumbledore picks up Harry at the station, oh, which yeah. I always find interesting because it's not yeah. a particularly interesting scene. And, no. um, it's well, Harry's not flirting before, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> and he's massively blocked by Dumbledore. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they're always fascinated by this station, which is in somewhere that immediately skips my attention. Surbiton, Surbiton, yeah. Surbiton which yeah. is yeah. quite a way out of London. So mm. uh, people are like, is it worth visiting? And it's like, maybe. <laughs> Depends how much you like stations, but it's a fairly nondescript station. For um, the record, it's in Zone 5. But isn't that isn't that near Surrey? Or is it in Surrey? It, it's in Surrey, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I've, I've actually, I've had a coffee at that cafe. Have um, you? It's it's not bad. Did you flirt badly with the uh, whoever worked there? And then Dumbledore appeared. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's happening again. Dumbledore. <laughs> Our anyway. Steph actually used to live there. Which is Did fun. she yeah. flirt at someone at the she cafe there? Li- lingering cafes waiting to be flirted with before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was. She was. Our, our producer said she was the waitress. She that was that with. girl. Oh, well. Uh-oh. Which, for listeners who won't know otherwise, she she wasn't. Uh, just in case. <laughs> yeah, misinformation. <laughs> yeah, I realise sometimes we can make these jokes that we understand are jokes, but I realise obviously people listening won't necessarily know that, that that's a joke. That's part of the fun of this podcast. You have to yeah. sift out the lies from the. You know me. You know me. I'm all about the cold hard facts. No fun. No yeah. humour. Just truth. <laughs> It's interesting how all of you uh, mentioned bricks in some yeah. way. It's almost as if you're harking back to some sort of golden era when I talked at length about bricks, uh, which, <laughs> you know, is interesting because I have devised a genius and wonderful game, which you can play at home if you want to, listeners, uh, which allows me to show off my Chris Tarrant impression, which oh, I've been Lord. working on for several days. It's called, <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Brickionaire? What kind of brick features in the Harry Potter film segment of the brick wall? Is it A, sandline bricks? B, engineering bricks? C, concrete bricks? Or D, common uh, common bird clay bricks? Are you just holding your nose? Is that (laughs) what it sounds like? (laughs) But anyway, um, those are your options. 
Which brick do you think is used in the filming? It's a uh, sandline brick. Will has voted sandline brick. I'm going to go with B, engineering brick. Alex has chosen B, and Greta, what are you going to choose? Well, I feel, because we talked about common burnt clay bricks earlier, so I feel this was Nick almost like sowing the seeds in a bit of like Slumdog Millionaire kind of essence where it's been brought up before, so it's going to be useful. So I'm going to go common burnt clay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you who the winner is. Uh, it is actually... Will Seward. Oh. Sandlime sand bricks based on uh, research and supposition. So that's uh, <laughs> that's the kind of brick they use. Pretty Will is now a brickionaire. Well. Yeah. What? He's got what a brickian dollars. You win a brick. brick. <laughs> do I actually? I'm going to come round to your house and throw a brick through your window. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play a new game called Moving yeah. On. Yeah. Oh, yes, it's me. Uh, so... Um, so what is more interesting to me out of all the filming they did here is when they filmed uh, the epilogue um, for Deathly Hallows. Um, because it, when they filmed this epilogue, I mean, of course, by this point, Harry Potter was huge compared to like when they filmed the first few. Mm. So, yeah, so the security was crazy for this. Um, as you can imagine, lots of fans had turned up and paparazzi. So what they did, they got three people. I don't know whether they were stunt stunt people um they got them to dress in the clothing of like ron harry and hermione they they wore towels to cover their faces and they ran through king's cross station with this crowd following them taking photos of them <laughs> that's genuinely so wonderful there is video footage of this and they get they hop in through the platforms they got onto a train and they unveil that they were not them the whole time and, and whilst this whole thing is happening they're trying to actually film the actual scene now what's even crazy about this scene <laughs> is that in the end, what we see in the film is not what they filmed in King's Cross, because David Yates particularly didn't like who was the director. Uh, for those who might not know, I think it's always important to drop that in in case I'm just throwing names around and people, you know, might not know who they are. But they didn't like the makeup for the characters, you know, the aged up makeup. And in fact, if you look it up, and I recommend listeners at home to do this, the makeup is ridiculous. I mean, Ron looks about 60, for one thing. Um, Hermione's yeah. hair looks really horrible and Harry's face like forehead has grown so yeah they reshot it and they reshot it in the studios so they went to all this length security wise to film King's Cross and didn't even use any of the footage <laughs> was it because there's also like a crowd of people chasing people with towels over their faces <laughs> in the background of the shot so <laughs> David Yates is there like well I mean we can't use this can we yeah, it's yeah, just a yeah. bit distracting yeah. isn't it <laughs> Yeah. And um, yeah, and they just filmed the studios. They redid the makeup. They made it a bit less um, extreme. I think the most extreme thing is Rupert Grint was wearing a fat suit. And one sad omission from the epilogue, uh, because they refilmed it, is the fact that you, so you know the guard, who I think might be my favourite minor character in Harry Potter, you know the guard in the first two movies who's just generally quite disapproving of Harry and his nonsense? Yeah. Yeah. You know this guy? Um, he what he genuinely filmed a scene for the epilogue at King's Cross. He was supposed to be back in it, but because they ended oh, up reshooting fun. that... Yeah, and I thought that would have been such a fun touch. I mean, Aww. I don't know whether they aged his uh, face at all to look like this old withered man. <laughs> oh, but because they refilmed it in the studios, they didn't bring him back for that, so that's why he didn't actually Aww. reappear in the final oh, movie. Yeah, which I think is probably... a there, shame. There are still some cards there who remember the filming, though. Um, if you... Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... We should say we we go to King's Cross for private tours on the the tour that we all work for. The tour for Muggles, a fine tour. Yeah, mm. if you chat to some of the guards <laughs> while you're going, hello, can we go and see the platform? I've got some uh, tourists here who'd like to see it. The older ones will often go, oh, I was there for that, and give you an anecdote. Wow, that's really cool. I, I've never had that, actually. 
Well, one thing I like about King's Cross is that the amount of theories and everything that's based around it, because of course uh, it appears in the Deathly Hallows as well. You mean the g g g g ghostly <laughs> section? <laughs> if any children are listening, you need to turn this down now. It's too scary. <laughs> Beware, listeners. It's a get spooky from here on for a bit. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there is also this uh, liminal uh, limbo version of uh, King's Cross that appears in Deathly Hallows. Um, uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2 if you're going by the films just Deathly Hallows if you like the books so uh, yeah just uh, just to, to remind listeners of, of what this bit's all about Harry dies in the Battle of Hogwarts or does he maybe he's not dead uh, and uh, he appears in a uh, a sort of floaty mist place um, the mist slowly forms into the shape of something that Harry at first takes for a palace. Uh, it's got a great domed glass ceiling. Then Albus Dumbledore appears, and ultimately Harry realises that where he is is King's Cross. Uh, this amuses Dumbledore no end, uh, which annoys <laughs> Harry. Uh, and, because Dumbledore's uh, like, you have no imagination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Harry tried to flirt with some misty girl there, and Dumbledore was like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Every time, Dumbledore. It's an odd, it's an odd bit of the books. Uh, it's, it's dealt with very, very quickly in the films. The book's mostly about Dumbledore's backstory, more than anything mm. else. But it is yeah. also this weird existentialist place uh it's also a classic otherworld uh but specifically a classic otherworldly crossroads harry seems to project king's cross onto limbo dumbledore can't see it it's just harry's picture of what limbo would be it's his projection onto this uh ethereal nothingness Mm. I quite like this, because this is obviously the place where Harry enters into Hogwarts, isn't it? It's King's Cross. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like an emblem. The, there's a, an interview with JK where she says exactly that. Um, mm. She's asked, what, why is it King's Cross? The name ro- works rather well, because King's Cross, King's Cross Roads. Mm. That bit's me, not JK. Um, and, uh, <laughs> That's very clever, Will. It's been established in the books as the gateway between two worlds. Mm. Um, initially, of course, uh, Harry's tedious muggle existence and then the magical world of Hogwarts, but then also life and death. Um, mm. And death Harry- is known as the last travel as well, and you travel yeah. from train stations. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Mm. A- a Dumbledore even says, uh, ah, yes, it's a train station probably, and so if you wanted, you could uh, you could find a train and get onto it. And uh, Harry says, where would it go? And Dumbledore says, on. It's it's great stuff. Unsurprisingly, with a, uh, a Harry Potter site of such important mythic significance, a million, million fan theories have sprung up about this <laughs> bit. Two are worth looking at. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you, did you go through every single theory besides any two? We're good. <laughs> Uh, no, there are there are two that I really liked. Um, okay. One is uh, I sort of gave this one away at the start, but there is a quite a solid fan theory that Harry actually dies. Um, oh. Yeah, and uh, that he goes into limbo and comes back. There's mm. another one which is so much more fun uh, that the person Harry speaks to, given that the entirety of what he sees isn't really King's Cross, it's it's a model of King's Cross, isn't Dumbledore, but death. Oh, yeah. Oh. The double <laughs> death. Double <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> My dumpling days are done. Okay, that one works. <laughs> in the uh, in the myth of the Deathly Hallows, of course, uh, Peveril uh, greets death in the end like an old friend, and oh, so the old friend cool. happens to be Albus Dumbledore. Um, oh, love yeah, that. it's it's glorious, isn't it? They go off together. 
That is genuinely quite, quite yeah, good and touching. It's, it's really, really compelling. It works if you only go by the film. The book makes it a lot more explicit that it is actually Dumbledore. Um, Dumbledore's oh, yeah. talking about things that, that death either wouldn't know about or wouldn't care about. Aren't Snape and Voldemort supposed to be the other two Peveril brothers in this situation? Oh, that would be fun. Or if I have made this entirely... Mm. No, no, I think that's, no, no, that's no. the theory, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, theory, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, because obviously Voldemort is so afraid of Dumbledore, and um, people think that's because Dumbledore does represent death, and Snape sacrifices him. Well, he he dies for love essentially, and because that's what the other Peveril brother does as well. That's why people think that this this theory is valid. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really yeah. cool. It's really interesting. It's cool. Mm. It's cool. I love theories. I really do. Yeah. The only other thing I'd put in at this stage is there is an entire Voldemort thread. Which bits of Voldemort? <laughs> uh, the, the bit that was attached to Harry. Um, the bit that he didn't mean to break off himself. He just made his yeah, soul um, that yeah, unstable. It, it's there. It uh, J.K. Rowling has confirmed stays there for all time. It's a fate worse than death. Uh, in avoiding death, Voldemort has found a thing that is worse than it. Oh. Yeah. Which is also very clever. I don't know whether you were going to mention it, but because a lot of people obviously asked uh, why Voldemort wouldn't come back as a ghost. Because, of course, in mm. Harry Potter, she establishes that people come back as a ghost because they're afraid of death. Voldemort obviously being one of the most f- cowardly <laughs> yeah. characters when it comes to death. And mm. that's why he doesn't come back as a ghost, because part of his soul is trapped in this limbo. That's that's how she, ju- she oh. justifies oh, that. Nice. Yeah, so much. Yeah. Oh. Uh, sorry, I should, I should conclude this properly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't argue with that, Will. That's uh, That's a strong conclusion. Not many. <laughs> Amazing. Clash, 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 clash. Oh, lightning. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm going to move on to the history of wizarding platforms. So uh, Platform 93 <clears throat> Quarters was, has been around since when, guys? Can we fathom a guess as to when it was officially 934 A uh, AD. I wow. think it was the 1840s. <laughs> wow. I think it was 1850. <laughs> So for the first time, I was going for a jokey friggin' answer, and now I know people are ignoring me. <laughs> I'm going to stick to facts. You, oh. you made your bed now, Alex. You've got to sleep. <laughs> fine, fine. This will make... be your black dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mine hasn't been disproved yet, so... Uh... Yes, it has, by the book. No. Read the I... book. Sirius I says he was to there. Read the book. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. So it was it was officially opened in. Well, none of you are actually correct. It was the 1850s. I said that. Yeah, Nick did, said. Did you said Nick did actually say that. Oh, okay, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Nick, you're right. Right. Excellent. Begrudgingly, the you are right. Um, once I've the Hogwarts <laughs> Express had been purchased, they actually opened up this uh, this platform. Now, they originally were going to have a whole station, a whole wizarding station in the centre of London. And then mm. they realised, actually, that's going to be a bit of a stretch to hide from the muggles. So they decided to create <laughs> a, little, a little side platform. So there are actually, despite the fact that Harry received no help when he first arrived at King's Cross, there are ministry workers in plain clothing that are wandering around King's Cross every day. He just wow. picked the wrong one. He just, yeah, the one person who probably wasn't one, he went up to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not on a free quarters. I think you're being funny, though, yeah? Or he was just a mischievous uh, wizard <laughs> security guard. He was like, trolling, trolling Harry, <laughs> pretending. Yeah. yeah. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Sorry. Maybe he's Dobby. <gasps> oh. Yeah, there you go. Now there's a theory. It's Dobby on Winky's shoulders with a mask. Oh, that's, I that's more far fetched as a theory than my series Black Theory. So at least to come under scrutiny, that one. I vote Greta's theory is true. Yes, I will. All those in favour? Yes. <laughs> I. Right. 
We live in a skewed world, don't we, listeners? <laughs> so, uh, I raised my um, hand, even realising you couldn't see me. Uh, but um, but it does pose the question of like how Dobby manages to block the barrier because you know he's overriding very powerful spells and so on, and obviously this is a, a thoroughfare for wizards universally. So Dobby must be incredibly powerful to mm, block so the barrier. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. very lucky for the wizarding world that they like being subservient. Mm. Very, very convenient for yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of barriers, Nick, do you have something on barriers? Uh, it's interesting you say that because no, I don't anymore. Oh. Because <laughs> everything I was going to say about barriers has sort of been covered. Um, <laughs> it's there's a lot of uh, romantic connotations to King's Cross as well, of course. Mm. Um, that's <laughs> another one of the reasons she set it there was because her parents actually met at King's Cross Station um, on a train bound for Edinburgh. So uh, J.K. Rowling says, uh, in fact, there's a quote. She says, for this reason, and because it has such an evocative and symbolic name, and because it is actually the right station to leave from if you were heading to Caledonia, I never uh, knew the slightest indecision about the location of the portal that would take Harry to Hogwarts or the means of transport that would take him there. So, uh, Which is pretty odd. I love that. I mean, it's a lovely story, but it's pretty odd. I don't think we've mentioned it yet, considering the fact she actually was imagining Euston when she described King's (laughs) Cross. It's so, yes. Apparently, this is what she says. Um, I, I don't know Euston well enough to know whether nine and ten made uh, sense. Well, they they did look very similar back in the day. Uh, the interior of Euston, uh, listeners who aren't from London, is still horrible, uh, <laughs> yeah. and looks a lot like uh, old school King's Cross. Right. I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna ask you whether it looked like old school King's Cross. That's yeah, what I sort of very very yeah. much. Yeah, you you can yeah. absolutely understand J.K. making the mistake. Um, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, and they're not far apart to be fair either. They're also no, the same just up the road. Yeah, yeah. So people, I'm now going to talk about romance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope you're so not going to a- be speaking their language, Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so there's, uh, <laughs> there's obviously become a very romantic station, Kings Cross, because as uh, you guys were saying, it's like a liminal uh, place where people meet and part and all that kind of thing. Um, and so, unlike any other station, exactly. I mean, King's Cross being so famous, there's even a, a statue called uh, the Meeting Place. You probably know this statue by Paul Day. Most oh, yeah. people call it the Lovers. It's uh, these kind of mm-hmm. two. Yeah, the same yeah. Pancras. Yeah, that's oh, okay. the famous statue, and they're sort of hugging yeah. and looking in love. There is a website called the One Romance, which, uh, mm. if you're listening and you're uh, thinking of some sort of romantic gesture, uh, they organise special Harry Potter themed proposals. Um, wow. So, I oh, know. that's lovely. I didn't know that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Just to give you a random example, yeah. Lovebirds Tom and Lucy undertook such an adventure. Tom, being the idyllic boyfriend, uh, organised a tour around the environs of King's Cross, including a set of flying keys with notes on containing oh. heartfelt sentiments such as, I will love you until we are dust among the stars. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> Steph Black, our Slytherin, says, gross. Um <laughs> And finally, he proposed a platform nine and three quarters. She said no, but it was a wonderful day. And um, <laughs> she said yeah, actually, so, no, she said yes. Alex, stop leaving everything else. You are literally the most trusting person. I you are too good an actor, Nick. This podcast should come with a disclaimer uh, that Nick is always joking. Yeah. Um, well, I think we all agree that nothing says romance like warring with the Romans, so I'm just going to now... 
no, you're right. You are right. Move on yeah. to a different part of the history of King's Cross. Did we know that King's Cross is allegedly, and I cannot stress this enough, allegedly <laughs> built on the site of Boudicca's last battle or the yes. site of her tomb or both? So much fun. Ooh. That's exciting. Yeah. Is it, um, am I right in thinking her, her Latin name is Bellatrix? Yes. Well, which well, means warrior, what... uh, warrior, female warrior, warrior or something? Female warrior, warrior queen. Yeah, so warrior the Romans call her Bellatrix. Oh, so, yeah, female uh, warrior is what Bellatrix. That uh, makes sense. But well, this uh, just to say, this hasn't been before we get archaeologists and historians at our gates. This hasn't been confirmed by an excavation or anything. But this is allegedly what people believe. But as far as I know, they haven't found her body elsewhere. So I'm still saying it. And some- <laughs> <laughs> you've unleashed a storm upon us all, Greta. <laughs> well, anyway, but some people actually believe her tomb is underneath platforms. Guess which ones? Uh, not no, nine and five. Yes, yeah, nine I- to ten is that's uh, where people believe that she was actually buried. Oh, that's yeah. great. There you go. Now, J.K. Rowling didn't choose this specifically for King's Cross. She said it was just more like a coincidence. So it's kind of a a dull, anticlimactic crescendo there. But (laughs) that's... uh... (laughs) Don't say yourself short. This is uh, (laughs) strong stuff. So as Harry is running two platform nine and three quarters, he's actually going over Boudicca. So there you go. Well, I didn't realise we're still talking about ghosts. Boo, Dicker. <laughs> oh. Well, as well as being, you know, the site of a of a long dead female warrior, it's also now the site of a uh, very successful <laughs> shop, of course, because they've got the yeah. big, brand new, shiny uh, emporium of wizardry um, <clears throat> right by nine and three quarters. Because, and this is, I mean, it's just amazing, really, because if you imagine being. J.K. Rowling, and seeing your work not only touch so many millions of people across the world, but also come to life so vividly that it's so loved that they actually build a platform for nine and three quarters and a shop that people can visit. And obviously every year, I'm sure you've all uh, heard about it or even been to it, on September 1st, 2018 was one of the most uh, big events, is the Back to Hogwarts Day. Uh, So there's an announcement accompanied by the theme tune going through the station, uh, there's a notice board that says uh, on the 11am train to Edinburgh is listed as the train to Hogwarts. Imagine and, uh, imagine just being a commuter in that. You would <laughs> hate yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> You'd be like, I, I just yeah. want to get to York. Where is the York train? <laughs> I want to go and see that bridge. Um, yeah, yeah. Or being on the train to Edinburgh and then being like, is this the train to Edinburgh? And I'm like, no, no, Hogwarts. It's like, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Did any of you guys make it there for the the day that was um, the the years later, the epilogue? No, no, no. Oh yes. Do you know how many? There were forty thousand uh, tweets for that for that day. <laughs> oh wow! And hundreds and hundreds of fans obviously mm-hmm. descended on the. Uh, and in fact, um, Eddie Redmayne and Jude Law made an appearance. Oh, so uh, cool. they actually turned up. But I, I, I just want to quickly say sorry because you were mentioning how how proud J.K. Rowling and how weird it must be for her. She because. She tweeted, it was, it was the same year that uh, Cursed Child started, so she would have come to London quite a bit, obviously, during the, uh, the production of that. Um, and to my knowledge, she mainly lives in Edinburgh, I believe. I don't know whether anyone can confirm or deny this. Uh, yes, Steph has just said yes, so yeah, I thought so. So obviously, she, like most humans, she'll be using a train and would have to go from King's Cross to get back to Edinburgh uh, mm. when she was in London. And she tweeted that she walked past this crowd of Harry Potter fans queuing up for this and saying how proud she was. And I did a bit more digging and 
didn't find like you know any image of anyone mentioning J.K. Rowling was or any photo or anything. So it, it, so to my knowledge, J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, walked past all these Harry Potter oh. fans. None of them were aware that she was there. I mean, that's great. You would re- you would kick yourself, you know, if you you, were. you really would. I, mean, I think it's also because everyone gets so swept up. I think that's one of the things I love about Harry Potter so much is it's it's so universal and it brings out the the inner nerd in yeah. everyone. And so yeah, yeah. this event particularly is such an example of like sort of embarrassment and shame-free cosplay where everyone turns up and everyone's involved yeah. and um it's actually do you know how many people every year visit uh 9 and 3 quarters? Go on. No. 1.2 million every year. Glorious 9 and 3 quarters. So uh, it was. I mean, yeah. that would explain the queues, which sometimes go outside the stations. So. Didn't you do? You did some sort of a thing there, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. There was a new uh, invisibility cloak. Uh, it's no longer new. I believe you can now buy it from places like the shop at Platform Nine and Three Quarters. And I was like a sort of uh, showman. Uh, and I would just like to say, as someone, me, so me, myself, and Steph Black turned up. Uh, to this event to visit Will and uh, I would just like to say Will was brilliant at the job of uh, engaging people oh, with thanks, the Harry thanks. Potter stuff yeah it was really well done and uh, um, Steph and I uh, actually tried it out and there is a recording a video of this uh, as Will gives a brilliant commentary whilst we're doing it so so after the uh, podcast goes live we hopefully will be posting uh, a video of this experience on our social medias so you can check it out what it looked like and see how authentic you will notice that me and Steph had a different approach to it where Steph wanted to be inc- entirely invisible whereas I wanted to recreate um Harry's uh, when he first puts it on it's just his head um, gone. yeah exactly and I do say that but you don't hear that my vocal so it does look like I'm incompetent uh, with making myself turn invisible um <laughs> But yeah, no, but Steph was right to be completely invisible. Obviously, that is the intention of it. Yeah. It probably says something something about you psychologically if you're the kind of person that would rather, you know, peek out or be completely invisible. Than be <laughs> like, mm. It's very good representation of a uh, Slytherin and a Hufflepuff. Trying, <laughs> yeah. That's why they got you both. Yeah. 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 The Hufflepuff the wants hu- to go, my body's gone. And yeah. Slytherin actually uses the invisibility cloak <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to rob children. Um, there was also a, um, there was a life-size Ford Anglia made of Lego by the by the shops. Didn't you see that one as well? Oh, oh no! Oh, that's cool. Very fun. Well, also, guys, did we know that platform nine and three quarters is not the only platform? I mean, in well, the Wizarding is, World. I love that none of us could quite break it to you of like obviously. Yeah, um, I thought you were going to be like, "There's platform one, there's platform two, <laughs> two there's platform I three. If I had, I set that up better. But there are other magical platforms. So JK actually said that if you look between the wall, between any Muggle platforms, there is likely a Wizarding platform there Ooh. as well. So there could be a two and two, two thirds and eight and four fifths. We don't know. One we do know oh. is seven and a half. That is an official other Wizard platform. Where, where does that? It? What? Where does that go? As in, where does the train go from there? So this is like an Orient Express. So this can travel all oh, around Europe. Amazing! Ooh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So they're very. But well trains done. presumably navigate via the schools, do they? Or is it? Oh, uh, maybe. I don't think this one does. I think this is more of like a travel, enjoying your holidays kind of train. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not stupid school. Ugh. It's the Wizarding Eurostar, basically. Eurostar. Uh, yes. oh. oh. Aggressive compliments. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah. You're totally You're a match star. what you were saying. <laughs> You're a platform. 
Do the outro, Greta. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening this week and barreling into platform nine and three quarters with us. Now, hopefully Dobby hasn't messed up the barrier again. If you enjoyed following Harry's journey, then don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and CastBox. You can catch up with us next week. And don't be late as Wanderlust is finally boarding the train. All aboard the Hogwarts Express. Better get to that trolley before Harry does. And see you next time. Mischief managed. God, we're good. <laughs> <laughs>